The UDR cast is not affiliated and does not represent any 12-step fellowship. I, Bill Ward, the host of the UDR cast, will be sharing my experience and my journey of recovery. That does include, but is not limited to, the literature contained in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 Steps. Our guests will be sharing their own path to recovery and what has worked for them. The UDR cast encourages and supports all paths to recovery. Welcome everybody to the UDR cast. UDR stands for Uncover, Discover and Recover. My name is Bill Ward and I'm coming to you from the recovery capital of Canada, Calgary, Alberta. Here we are going to discuss everything recovery, different perspectives, different experiences, both with the people I know and with others from around the world. If you resonate with anything you've heard on this episode today, we ask that you share it with anyone who you think may benefit from it. If you have any questions or comments, please find us at billward.life and send us a message in the info section. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. If you are interested in more recovery content, you can find the buttons for the YouTube channel and other social media outlets on the homepage, and you will be redirected to those platforms. We can recover. One person, one family, one community at a time. Okay, I'm going to get started. Okay, next line. And I want you to pay attention to the punctuation. Like, Bill W. does not make mistakes with his words or with the punctuation, nothing. They're, it's very intentional, okay? And especially in this paragraph. Here's the how and the why of it, Period. First of all, quit playing God yourself, period. It's very direct in the original manuscript. It's quite different. And why I love it is because I use the original manuscript when I work with people because the real deal alcoholic needs the fucking the goods. If this is a suggestion for you and you're the real deal, you will not fucking follow all the suggestions. So it's very direct and it's fucking punches you right in the face. So, here's the how and the why of it. First of all, quit playing God yourself, period. It doesn't work, period. Next, decide that hereafter in this drama of life, that God is going to be your director. So again, back to the drama of life, the personality, the persona, Right? Life is a drama. And when you go outside here and you fucking meet people, they're all going to give you the fucking actor. They're, you're going to be like, okay, hey, my name's Johnny. What do, you, what do you do, Johnny? Oh, I do. Who are you, Johnny? I am this. And what do people tell you who they are? How much money they have? What they fucking drive? Who's on their arm? Are they married? Blah, blah, blah. You don't find out anything real about the person. And, and when, you're, when you're out there in life and people, you always ask them, how you doing? How you doing? Everyone says, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And then when they say I'm doing good, they always follow it up with something that they're doing. Like, oh, I just got accepted into school. 
I just got this job or I just got this money or I just got a new old lady or, you know, that's not really telling you how they're doing, right? And we are all guilty of it because we learn that behavior in our fucking indoctrination of what the fucking ideologies are. We're taught not to be vulnerable. We're taught not to tell the truth. We're taught not to fucking engage in conflict. We're, we're told to keep the peace, right? But if you keep the peace by not speaking the truth, you fucking don't keep any peace in your own mind. And it's really risky to not say something when something needs to be said. And the key part to that is we don't say it anymore in a fucking egotistical sense. We can speak the truth from a kind and loving and vulnerable way because through that, we'll get what we really wanted from the other person typically. And if they don't respond in the kind and loving way back towards us, it doesn't mean that we fucking go back at them with force. It means that we redouble our efforts at kindness again. Sometimes that means distancing yourself from them. But when the conversation has to be had again, or the circumstance, then you redouble your efforts at being kind and considerate and passionate and forgiving. Because over time, they won't have anything to combat. Because they'll waste all their batteries on their own fucking force and pride that they won't have anything left. And when you fucking talk from the heart, the heart always pierces pride. That's why people get pissed off when people speak the truth that are speaking from the heart. Because it pierces the pride and they fucking don't know what to do because it goes against their boxed belief systems of what they believe is true. But the thing is, is when you speak from the heart... And you guys have all experienced that when you leave, you fucking are replaying those words in your head. And you're like, fuck, that's so true. And you might even resist it for a while because pride doesn't really want to look at the truth sometimes. Because the truth that pride has is built in the way it tries to protect itself based on what we've learned. But eventually that truth will fucking come up to the surface and it will start disintegrating that pride. Which is why this early year or two years of recovery is so hard because we're piercing so many old belief systems and ideologies. And once you start getting in touch with the truth, you start becoming aware of you selling out yourself for something outside yourself. And when you sell out yourself for something uh, valuable and tangible within you, you will create shame and you'll start to feel it because as you stay sober, you start to feel shit. And you don't even know what you're feeling sometimes. That's why in early recovery in that first year, a lot of people will cry for no reason. They'll get emotional. I remember my first year, I'd, I'd watch a commercial. And it was like some little mom with her baby or something. And I'd, like, right? and I'd be like, fuck, that's not me. What's happening to me? Right? It's because the, those things are getting fucking knocked down. You're starting to get in touch, but we've never really been in touch with who we're supposed to be. And that's the number one thing I see in step fives. Most people in a step five, once I'm done and I lay down the fucking, the paperwork and I'm sitting there discerning everything. It was just another example of the person not ever being who they were truly meant to be based on the heart. They were trying to live up to an ideology that was impressed upon them by our society. And when you look at our society as a whole, it is very sick. It's really very sick. 
everyone is out there strutting their stuff with what they drive or who they're with or what they're wearing or what watch they got. It's because it's based on the lower level of consciousness of pride. And the consciousness of pride is based in prying and manipulating, grabbing and snatching and taking. But that pride level actually feels better than the lower levels of fear and shame and guilt. So comparatively speaking, it's an okay level to be at. But it's really not the okayest level. And that's what our society perpetuates. All the TV commercials and everything that we look and see is all based in, in that uh, capitalistic fear ideology and to get them to get you to buy their goods and things right and creates a lot of fear in us right gets colonialism colonialism, essentially and the thing about colonialism is like i'm native so we always hear about colonialism as, as something bad but the way to get through this without being judgmental against the colonializers is they were colonialized too People are only doing what their ideas and emotions and uh, thoughts are in, in whatever their space is in their own life. So back 500 years ago, they were doing what they were taught to do. Was it good? No. Are they paying the fucking price, those people who did those things? Yeah. What's the greatest, uh, what's the greatest punishment for someone that lives in sin and does terrible things? They got to live with themselves. Justice is God's justice. There's a way that things all work themselves out. And I know that it sounds like maybe not right when you think of how many people have been harmed by other people. But when you think of how the universe works, we don't fucking get mad at the fish that kill all the other fish. right? We don't get mad at the diseases that infiltrate the, the, the ocean and kill fucking you know, big pods of fucking fish. We just consider that, oh, that's just life in the ocean. Well, it's just life on our planet too, right? And every one of us is on our own journey of healing, right? And whether a person is woken up to that or not, it's not my responsibility. But I can be a light to carry the message to help somebody wake up. That's why it's so easy for me to let an alcoholic who doesn't want the solution fucking go his own way. Because they're not ready for it. And when you read the book Seed of the Soul, it starts teaching you about everybody's on their own journey of healing. And the really the only main purpose in life is really to live with your heart and forgiveness. To be free. Because that's where freedom lies, right? Okay, decide. So now we're making a decision that hereafter in this drama of life, that God is going to be the director. God is now your director. He is the principal. You are to be his agent. He is the father and you are his child. Get that simple relationship fucking straight. That's the relationship. Get it straight. God now runs the show, not you or I. And the reason why the big book uses he is the father, you as his child, not for like because it's Jesus Christ and God and the father and shit. It's because a father loves his child unconditionally and if your god is like mine my god is only two things love and forgiveness that's it so my god loves me unconditionally no matter what i do 
If I'm moving in the right direction to try to work for my creator, I can make mistakes in my life, but I don't make mistakes. Why? Because I always learn my lesson through everything that I do. That's the most important thing. Or I could not learn my lesson, go be a piece of shit still. And then there's consequences for that because that easy way of life isn't easy. And life will happen to me. And I will get caught up in my own shit and I will cause myself to drink again and cause my own failure. But if I'm really working with what it says here, God is the director, I am to be his agent. I am an agent of God. I go out to be a spearhead of God. And if God is love, then I'm an agent of love. And I got to get that simple relationship straight. It's no more fucking God part-time. That is the basic premise of step six. Without reservation, repeatedly, on all our faults all the time. Which is why step six talks about this is the step that separates the men from the boys. Because the boys are going to still seek a self-determined objective that seemingly benefits them in the moment. And the man is going to seek a perfect objective with love, which is God, and maybe not get that selfish benefit right now. But the real benefit, the real payoff is down the road. As you build character, as you are a good person, you will get the, the benefits of that back in your life. And so what else about this paragraph? So get that simple relationship straight. That's like, okay, I'm doing this now. Okay. Most good ideas are simple. And this concept, circle the word concept, is to be the keystone of the new and triumphant arch which I pass through to freedom. So it says it's a concept. What's a concept? It's an idea. So this concept. So you guys have heard me in the rooms and I always say God cannot be a theory. If God is a theory, then you are drunk. Because God can act in the mind of the ego as a really good, effective mental defense. So the ego attaches to the ideal of God. I'm sober, but I'm actually using God as an effective mental defense. But then we see guys with this God thing and then they're drunk right away. And it's like, fuck, he seemed like he had God. No, they didn't have God. They had God in a theoretical and a conceptual idea. And, and that was it. And if God is a theory only and he's not working in and through your life, then he stays a concept. Okay. So this concept, the ideal of God, okay, is to be the keystone of the new and triumphant arch which we pass through to freedom. So when I take the action of turning my will in my life over then it's no longer a concept. So the action on the concept. The action on the concept. Actually turning my will over. And it's not a guess. You don't need to guess what God's will is. That's the most important thing, I guess, out of this. Okay? Lyle talked about the step three promises, which we'll read here in a second. And you'll notice that these exact step three promises are the same promises that are in step 10. Okay? Because step 10 is where you fucking turn your will and your life over through the practical application of what step 10 says. And I'll quote step 10 out of the big book, not off the wall, because the fucking step 10 on the wall is fucking destroying the fucking program. The step 10 in the big book says, we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. 
So you got to be aware of what you're thinking, what you're feeling. When these crop up, when, we ask God at once to remove it. So whatever it is that you're thinking, if it's based on selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, or fear, you ask God to remove it at once. So you're going to God. First sponsor is always God. Then it says we talk to somebody immediately. Why do we talk to somebody immediately when we're struggling with the thought of judgment or lust or whatever? Because we can lay out the fucking truth to somebody who's God-centered, 12-step, and we can look at the facts. We face the facts. We look at the truth about stock and trade, not our truth, because our truth is skewed by our old ideas and our experience in life where the problems arise. And we find some damaged and unsaleable good to discard promptly without regret. That, is, that comes right out of step four. So I'm looking for the causes and conditions. Find the facts. I face the facts. I might not like facing these facts because they hurt my pride and they hurt my old ideals and the belief systems that I've carried forward. Um, look at the truth about stock and trade. Not my truth, but the truth that I can only get through the help of somebody else in an effort to discover the truth about stock and trade. If his business is to be successful, if you're to be successful, you cannot fool yourself about the values. That's what step 10 does. And then it says we make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. If you're following the process, you're not going to harm people. Because you're turning your will in your life over as soon as it comes up. You're talking to somebody to try to find the damaged and unsaleable good. So you're turning it over more. And then you fucking make amends if you have harmed anyone. And then it says you resolutely turn your thoughts to someone you can help. So you take time at the end of that process. And you start praying for whoever it is that made you resentful, pissed off. Or whoever needs prayers. Okay? And you don't pray for five seconds. Pray for 30 seconds. Pray for a minute. Because once you start praying for longer than 10 seconds, 15 seconds, it starts hitting your subconscious where the change needs to come from, where the problem arises, and it starts changing what you're thinking and doing in life. That those promises that we're going to read, they're actually fulfilled in the step 10 process. And why I talk about step six so much is because step six is an ideal, it's a theory, but it's carried out in the step 10. So any person capable of enough willingness and honesty to try repeatedly step six on all his faults without reservation has indeed come a long way spiritually. Step 10 says we have entered into the world of the spirit. We continue, 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 commence, vigorously commence this way of living. So there's continue four times, which means you should fucking continue it. Vigorous, <laughs> vigorously commence, vigorously begin. This way of living as we cleaned up the past. So we continue to watch for the step six defects that we're trying to relinquish without reservation. So when they crop up, we ask God to remove it. We talk to someone immediately. And we do this every time we get those thoughts. And then so the promises further past what Lyle is talking about is... If we have followed directions carefully, what directions? The step 10 directions. We have begun to felt the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. And this is part of what these promises in step three are actually talking about. But they're not 
to fruition promises here. They're just promises that could happen. But in the step 10, they're actually happening. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. the keystone is simply that we have to try to live in God's world and not control everything? The keystone is the action. Okay. It's the action. The action of not trying to control it, basically what he said. Yeah, it's the action of identifying your will, turning it over. The thing with turning over your will and following the process is you will get the results of the principles of God, but you might not get what you want. And, and you're, you're not going to get what it is you think you want all the time. That's the thing about jumping off the cliff and trusting God. That's the hard part. And when you follow that step 10 process over and over and over, it says we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. Because alcohol is the last thing you're going to fight. Because you're going to fight the other person first, but really you fight yourself. So when you work that step 10 process, you're going to be triggered to do it always by something external to you, something outside of you. But as you work it over and over and over, you'll realize that it's never outside of you. It's always inside of you. And you cease fighting yourself. And the promises of step 10, it says, um, we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. Well, everyone thinks that's about alcohol. No, I'm, si I'm placed in a position of neutrality within my own head because I'm not fighting myself anymore. And if I don't fight me, I don't fight you. The problem has been removed. What's the problem that's been removed? Me. Self. Hold on. We've been placed in the position of neutrality. The problem's been removed. We haven't even sworn off. That is the miracle of it. Because if I follow the process, that's just what happens. Period. I get removed from the situation. And every time I use that process, I heal. A tiny little bit by a tiny little bit, partly because I'm relinquishing it and I'm identifying, bringing awareness to the subconscious. I'm bringing light to the dark. I'm doing something different. I'm changing my perspective by getting advice from somebody else. And then I fucking pray for somebody else to get what they fucking want in their life. And then I, so now I switch this to the step 10 tradition. AA has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, because of that, AA is not drawn into public controversy. Really, when you take that tradition and align it with the step, Bill Ward, as he works that step 10 process and follows the direction carefully, will have no opinion on outside issues. I will not have issues on what you guys think or believe or do. And because of that, I'm not drawn into your public controversy. I'm not drawn into your trauma created by your drama. And love and tolerance of others is our code. What is love and tolerance? Well, it's described on page 19 and there's a solution. Other people's shortcomings, viewpoints, and respect for their opinions are attitudes that make us more useful to others. So the step... Yeah. That's the next line after that. As ex-problem drinkers, um, our very lives depends on our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. So it all ties together. None of this shit is linear. It all works together. But the step three, 
is the launching point of it. And, and what you're describing isn't even step 10. I was just wondering because I thought you guys were saying like... You're describing step 11. When we retire at night. Clear that point up. Okay. I thought you were talking. I know I've, I've heard already. Like there was, I just thought that's where my mind immediately goes. Okay. The rooms of the program are littered with bullshit. Okay. One of the biggest lines of bullshit is what step 10 says on the wall. That's not step 10. Step 10 is what I just told you it was. That's number one. Okay, that's a spot check personal inventory that's done in any given moment and circumstance. And when I did We Agnostics last week, I talked about what is this but a miracle of healing? Circumstances made him willing to believe. So it's through the circumstance in the moment, if you're willing to bring God in, that you will fucking have the miracle of healing. It's circumstance. That's what step 10 is. It's a spot check right now inventory. When we retire at night, is a step 11 inventory done through meditation. But if you want to write it out, go the fuck ahead. What treatment centers have done, they've, they've changed what step 11 inventory is. And they brought it into the rooms and said that it's a step 10 inventory and they write it down. The treatment centers have fucked our program. And then it infiltrates into the fucking messages because nobody knows what the fuck is in this book. So then everyone just thinks that they think they know what the program is when it's written right here really clearly. And then it fucks up people's recovery because they fucking are doing what you're doing. (laughs) You're doing what lots of people do though. So it's an important thing and I really appreciate that you're bringing this forward. But you bring up a good point. People will self-will the principles into their life. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. So we're, we're enforcing self-will into the fucking program when the directions clearly tell me not to do that. And when it says in the step seven to be willing to work for humility takes most of us a long, comma, long fucking time. That's what they're doing. Most people in the program just try to go, oh, I was not nice and I'm going to go and self-will my, my fucking amend or be nice or do whatever. That's not what the book says. And at the end of the day, all we can do is what we can do, right? And I've just done what I'm supposed to do as God's spearhead. And I just go do what I do. But the thing why I can't get combated, people might talk shit about me, that's cool, but they can't combat the big book. So I'm always talking about the book. And I've seen the results, because I've sponsored so many fucking people, when you follow the directions and the dictates of the book, and you quit theorizing God, and you fucking do what's here, God will just work in and through you. And it's different than just the ideal of God because God is now working in and through you through the applications of what this book is talking about and especially what we just talked about in step 10 because that's really important. Step 10 is the most misconstrued step in all of the program, which is why I'm always talking about step 10. I'm always talking about step six and I'm always pissing people off. Not you, but I pissed Audrey off, and I'm sure I pissed Michael off, and I'm sure I pissed fucking Vernon off at some point. I was intimidated when I first met him. I was just closed off.
right? But then you took it home and it was like, hmm. Okay, let's keep going. Okay. So, next paragraph. When you sincerely take such a position, what does sincerely mean? Right. Honestly and fucking truly and fully. So when you sincerely take such a position, when you sincerely take the position, and the word sincerely implies that we're actually turning it over. Okay? So when you actually sincerely take the position and you are going to turn it over, you are going to follow that step 10, then it says all sorts of remarkable things follow. You have a new employer, period. Being all powerful, he must necessarily provide you what you need. If you keep close to him and perform his work well. So now you have a new employer. You work for somebody new. And he will give you the promises. He'll give you what you need. But now to earn that, you must stay close to him and perform his work well. That's what you get paid with. So your employer is now God and he's going to pay you with whatever it is you need in your life. But now you got to do your work and that's staying close to him and performing his work well. Okay? Established on such a footing. The footing. What's the footing? The cornerstone. The cornerstone back in we agnostics. Upon the simple cornerstone of God. A wonderfully effective spiritual structure, it says, could be built. So now when we turn it over, the structure starts getting built. Okay? So established on such a footing, the cornerstone, you become less and less interested in yourself. Your little plans and designs. You trying to manipulate and pry out of life what you think how life should be for you. You start losing interest in that. More and more you become interested in seeing what you can contribute to life. What can you pack into the stream of life? Instead of taking, now it's like what can we give to life, right? As you feel new power flow in, there's your step 10 promise. We have felt, if we have followed directions carefully, we have felt the flow of his spirit into us. That is step 10. But here it talks about as you feel the new power flow in. As you work this program, you'll start to feel it. You will enjoy some peace of mind. The priceless gift of peace of mind. As you discover you can face life successfully. You can lay your head on the pillow at night because you're not going against your fucking mark. You're not going against the truth of you anymore. And you're packing into the stream of life and you're able to Take the definition of what society says is success and have a new version of what success is. Success is actually being good with who you are. Laying your head on the pillow at night and fucking going to sleep without all the shit that you should have done and how it should have done, what you should have said, what you should have taken, what you should have, you know. Fuck, that's insanity. (laughs) So you can intellectualize everything we say, but until you live it and apply it, then you'll feel the God go. And God is an experience. You can't explain God when you're really working with them because there's no explanation for God. 
And God told you this morning, get the fuck off your pity pot. Get the fuck going because you got shit to do. And that is part of, because you're still new, that's closing the gaps, right? You're going to fall into it sometimes, but you got to be strong and use your creator and your pillars and pick yourself up and move on. That's what's hard. How easy it would have been to sit there and dwell in that and fucking say fuck it all. So, so you're in self-pity. You're praying. You reach out to Janine. You're talking to someone immediately. You don't need to make amends to anybody. And then you, the last piece of that is you resolutely turn your thoughts to someone you can help. So you're in the step 10 process, not even knowingly. Yeah. Now being in it knowingly and following that process, it's a game changer. So you're doing it, right? That's how I learned. I learned just how you're learning. Because I didn't get step 10 at first, but I did get step 6. Okay. Little plans and designs. More and more you become interested in seeing what you can contribute to life. As you feel new power flow in. As you enjoy some peace of mind. As you discover you can face life successfully. As you become conscious of his presence. You begin to lose your fear of today, tomorrow and the hereafter. You will have been reborn. So as you become conscious of his presence. The step 10 promise. Um... If you have followed directions carefully, you'll felt the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, you'll become God conscious. That's it. You'll, you will feel his presence. That's why the step 10 is so important. Because it allows you to work all this stuff all the time. And you become entering into the world of the spirit. You become God conscious. Walking with God. Okay. You will have been reborn. So in the doctor's opinion, it talks about recreating your life, getting a new life, okay? This isn't about getting your old life back. This isn't about recreating your old life. This is about a brand new life. And I realized at about 18 months or two years, I realized what that line meant because I didn't understand it. And I knew at about two years in that I... I had a new life. I had been given a new life that was way different than my old life. And I did not regret the past. And I don't shut the door on it because I can take that and make myself useful today and pack into the stream of life. But I've been, my roots have grasped new soil like the big book says. My roots have grasped the soil of fucking creator. And you will feel reborn. And you will feel different in ways that you can't really explain. That's if you're fucking taking the concept and making it not a concept and doing the, the actual turning it over. That's a knowing. It's a knowing. So. The of the pardon, yes, the essence of the surrender. And full surrender is your step seven. But none of these steps are, you just do a step seven in your surrender, okay? The process of surrender takes a while. But when you get to the step seven literature, even if you're new, you're going to read it. And when we do get to there, it's going to be dope because it's like my favorite step to deliver out of the literature. Um, 
Step seven, literature says the most profound result of all was our change in our attitude towards God. And I've already told you that the literature, when you see the word attitude, it means God. It works when we have the proper attitude and work at it. Well, what's the attitude? It's God. When I have the proper attitude of God and I work at it, it works. If you can think honestly, search diligently within yourself. Then if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. With the God attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. The consciousness of that little belief, that little cornerstone that moved around, when you fix that keystone in place, that is sure to come to you. All of this stuff ties together. So now, we are on the step three prayer. And we're going to get on our knees. So we found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person such as our wife, best friend, or spiritual advisor. But it's better to meet God alone than with one who might misunderstand. The wording was, of course, quite optional. So long as we express the idea, that's the important thing. Voicing it without reservation. This was only a beginning. This is only a beginning. Though if honestly and humbly made, sometimes a, a very, an effect, sometimes a very great one was felt at once. Okay, who's going to say our final prayer for the night? Thank you for tuning in to the UDR cast. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. The viewpoints and the opinions expressed today were solely of the individual sharing them. If you resonated with this episode, please follow us and share this link with anyone that may benefit from it. Please visit us at billward.life to see everything that we have going on. We can recover one person, one family, one community at a time.